Hello and welcome to this week's episode of The Digital Download. I'm Kate Hamer. I run a marketing and digital consultancy, Kate Hamer Limited. I've worked in large brands like Unilever, Disney and L'Oreal for over 15 years and a decade of that was in digital. I know how hard it can be to keep up to date with the fast-moving world of digital and this podcast will hopefully help you by giving you a summary of the past week's news and I also discuss key topics in the industry. Thanks as always, to everyone who's downloaded it, do subscribe and leave a review and keep sending me feedback. It's super helpful. I want this to be your podcast. So you can tweet me at Kate Hamer LTD or you can email Kate at katehamer.com with any feedback, questions or topics you want me to cover. So I asked a fortnight ago on the last podcast whether people wanted this to be weekly or fortnightly. You've just experienced a fortnight gap. How was it? Would you rather have it weekly? I've only had a few people get in touch with me, so I know more than that are listening to the podcast. So open, if you're listening on your phone and you're not driving, then open Twitter or email now and let me know, do you want it weekly or fortnightly? So this week it's quite a bumper edition, quite a lot of stuff's happened in the last couple of weeks, some changes to messaging apps, some of the new Snapchat launches that you might have seen in the last couple of days, and also some great things that I've seen brands doing as per usual. There won't be a specific industry section at the end of this week's podcast. So let's get cracking social media first and firstly something that spans all of the platforms which is around news so obviously news is now breaking much more often through social media and normally from eyewitness accounts where people are getting their phones out of their pocket and videoing whatever is happening and this is really disrupting the news industry but it makes it quite hard to filter out false information because a story from Sky News is in the same feed as a story from Joe Bloggs who happens to be on the scene with his phone. So a a coalition called First Draft, which was formed last year with support from Google News Lab and is a, a network of journalists, human rights investigators and academics are now expanding this partner network to work with the social web. So working with Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, but also the New York Times, the Washington Post, BuzzFeed. Uh, Agence France Press, Channel 4 News, a whole host of different organisations to create a feedback loop so that journalists and people on the social platforms can get ways to streamline the verification process, improve the experience of eyewitnesses and also increase news literacy among social media users so that we can make sure that it's the truth that is getting out on social media and not lots of false stories. On to Facebook, one interesting quote from Chris Cox, who is their chief product officer from a conference last week, was that 70% of all mobile traffic will be video by 2021. So obviously Facebook have said in the past that they expect the news feed to almost be entirely video within five years, but mobile traffic overall, they think 70% will be video by 2021. Facebook have made another acquisition last week, Nascent Objects, which is a startup 
that focuses on hardware, so product design and production. So their products are modular and are designed to be repurposed. And the company believes that a kit of 15 parts could build about 80% of gadgets that are sold. So it's joining Building 8, which is the secretive projects building at Facebook. And the CEO and founder of Nascent Objects has said, people have become used to the idea that with software, you can have whatever you want, whenever you want it. We want to make this happen with hardware. And we think Facebook is the best place to make this a reality. On to messaging apps. So Google have launched their mobile chat app called Allo, A-double-L-O. And it comes with Google Assistant, which is a chat bot that you can use in conversations. So it's in the Android and iPhone stores, very similar to most messaging clients. So you've got stickers, emoji, you can draw on the images, you can have group chats, you can have one-to-one chats. Messages aren't automatically encrypted like they are on WhatsApp though, but there is a option to switch to incognito mode and then you can set how long messages will last for before they're deleted. It's also using their smart reply which it first introduced in its inbox mail app so it predicts responses to messages and content so it might be things like yes or are you on your way but as well as the text-based prediction it's also bringing in its image recognition from the photo service so if you're sent a picture of a pet for example it might suggest a response of nice dog or a picture from holiday it might suggest beautiful sunset. So the main feature is this Google Assistant, which, as I said, is a a chatbot. So you can ask things like restaurant recommendations, navigation instructions, get the weather. You can drag the Google Assistant into conversations with friends to get recommendations or information. This is the first place that you can interact with this Google Assistant, but they're planning to bring it to more of their products such as the Google Home Smart Home Hub voice activated assistant. Another thing from Google is that we think this has come out in line with the launch of their own brand smartphone, which is coming out on the 4th of October. There's a link on the companion page where you can register to be the first to hear about this new smartphone. So have a look at that if you want to keep up to date with what's happening there. Onto Facebook Messenger. So there are a few developments there, starting with a new welcome screen for bots and pages. So you can now start a thread with a bot within Messenger by looking at a welcome screen, which will give you some context about what it actually does. There are also better tools to share bots and content with your friends. So there's that Facebook is enabling seamless sharing of bots and messages from bots to friends on Messenger. And then they've also done a bit of an overhaul to ads. So developers and business owners can now use Messenger as a destination in Facebook ads. So options such as sending traffic to your Facebook page or your business URL, you can now actually target Messenger users and send them to a private chat with your bot. And that's going to be rolled out over the next month. And then in beta in the USA, they're looking at payments within Messenger so that people can actually shop and purchase goods without ever leaving the app. So they're talking about industry leading controls, protecting your financial information, bank level encryption. 
That's only available to developers at the moment, but we are expecting a broader rollout by the end of the year. And another thing just with developers at the moment are features that will enable business owners to customize the way their mobile sites will display within the platform. So looking at things like simplifying the checkout experience, allowing stored payment information. There's no timings on that, but I'll keep my eye out and let you know if I see any other updates. Onto iMessage, Apple's version of the Messenger app. So the app store that I mentioned in my update on iOS 10 is now live. Spent quite a while in there this week, obviously in the name of research. There's some cool stuff. I've got some nice grammar snob stickers that you can send back to people when they use the wrong your, for example. Um, there is a GIF search engine from Giphy. There are some branded things in there. So Dunkin' Donuts have got stickers. The WWF, as in the World Wildlife Fund, have done some cool origami stickers. The one thing I'd say on that is obviously doing branded stickers is a great way to get into people's conversation and get some more awareness. But make sure that you're creating stickers that people are genuinely going to want to use and that are going to be relevant to people's conversations rather than just making stickers that have got your brand all over them. Because I think people are savvy to that. It's very similar really in terms of when you're thinking about the sort of hashtag you might want people to use why are people going to want to use your brand in their personal conversations? That's the question you need to ask. I expect that stickers will become quite a money spinner for Apple. The messaging app line made $270 million just from sticker sales in 2015. So there's definitely a consumer demand for them. They range from about 79p for a pack to 199 Disney have got some. There's Star Wars sets in there. So check those out. Other things are that it integrates with apps that are already on your phone. So if, for example, you've got the City Mapper app on your phone, then you can do a one tap within iMessage to say where you are at that point. Also, it can integrate with Tinder. So there's a, a thing called Stacks, which enables you to create a stack of photos, perhaps like options for your profile picture on Tinder or what you should wear on your date. And then you can send that stack to your friends and they can do the normal left and right swipe to say what they think you should wear. So this kind of social polling is really popular these days and I think that's quite an interesting way to get general consensus on profile pictures and what you should be wearing. And then the other thing I like about it is that you can turn iMessage on its side and you can actually write with your finger, so do handwriting messages. So check all of that out. You might have seen in the news a Yahoo data breach. I think the funniest thing that I saw was someone tweeting saying the biggest news is the fact that Yahoo still has 500 million users because obviously they haven't quite been getting things right in terms of the way that they um, have been working in recent years. But anyway, there has been a data breach. The statement from them says, the ongoing investigation suggests that stolen information did not include unprotected passwords, payment card data, or bank account information. Payment card data and bank account information are not stored in the system that the investigation has found to be affected. But I would still recommend if you've got a Yahoo account to go and change your password. Don't wait for the outcome of this investigation. On to Snapchat. So on Friday, they announced that they are no longer called Snapchat. They are now called Snap 
Inc. Snapchat is still the product as you know it, but they have also launched a new product called Spectacles. Spectacles are sunglasses that have a video camera in them and they're gonna be much cheaper than Google Glass ever was, so around $130. They come in three different colors. Teal is one of the colors, so anyone who knows me will know that I'm quite excited by that. Another difference between them and Google Glass is that actually the lens lights up when you're recording, so it's really clear for people when you're filming. And they give a 115 degree field of view to capture the human perspective and it's circular video. So I've embedded a GIF on the companion page so you can see that, but basically the video doesn't really change orientation when you move from portrait to landscape. It's quite seamless the way that you move your phone. So it'll be interesting to see the sort of uptake that people take on these, obviously much more affordable. I do find it a bit odd that they're sunglasses and they're launching in autumn because is it gonna make it quite dark for people? There doesn't seem to be normal glasses, just sunglasses. But check that out. There's also an advert for them that I've put on the companion page, so have a look at that. Then I was also reading an article this week around shoppable ads on Snapchat. Obviously Snapchat are trying to find more ways of monetizing the platform, so Uber did an ad on the Refinery29 channel that allowed users to swipe up to see ride times and then if they wanted to book a ride time they could request to be picked up from directly within Snapchat. So there are also some tests happening with Longcom and Target through Cosmopolitan's Discover channel and looking at how they can make things shoppable that way. So that's definitely gonna be a development within the platform and obviously if it's not taking people away from the platform, that's uh, a great user experience. On to Apple, I won't talk too much about the iOS 10 update, I really like it, I feel like I've got a new phone, I like the way notifications look, I love the update to photos, so now it recognises the same faces and puts them into albums and you can then name those albums particularly for me where I manage different people's social media accounts and might have photos of them that I've saved to my phone when I've had to post them on Facebook and stuff. It's great that they're all now in a single album. Also good for when you're putting together little compilation pictures of you and your friend on their birthday because now you don't have to scroll through loads. Uh, the only thing is it seems to put me in an album of all with my hair tied back, an album of all with my sunglasses on and then another album. So it needs to get a little bit better in my opinion that way. On to Twitter. So remember back in May, I told you that Twitter were going to stop counting characters in links and counting photos within the character count so that you could tweet more within your 140 characters. Well, it is finally live. It seems so strange that it was announced in May and it's only just gone live in September, but it is now live. Again, I've embedded some tweets to show how it works on the companion page and a good one from Innocent, who are one of my social faves to show how they launched it. Also, another change within Twitter is on videos. So now if you play a video from someone's tweet, you can then start to scroll on to watch more videos that are similar to it. So that obviously happens within the Facebook app already, but it's now on Twitter too. Again, there is a um, embed on the companion page. 
And then Twitter have also launched a Twitter app for Apple TV, Amazon Fire TV and Microsoft's Xbox One, which means that you can watch all their kind of live streaming video. So that includes the Thursday night football games, which they've just started last week, uh, MLB Advanced Media, NBA, Campus Insiders, Bloomberg News. You'll also see top tweets top global vines and periscopes and anyone with those devices whether they've got a twitter account or a pay tv subscription can see it that obviously is a huge change in terms of the broadcasting world especially when you're getting live streams of sporting events and stuff through apple tv it's really changing the way that people consume that kind of media it became the number one free app on apple tv within sort of 24 hours of launching they are available globally for apple tv via the app store for apple tv fourth generation for xbox one it's available in australia brazil canada mexico and the uk and us and then for amazon fire and fire tv stick it's available in uk and us at the moment and then one more thing on twitter is the developments for customer service so obviously a lot of brands already use twitter as a customer service tool but there's now been an update whereby you can mark your particular twitter account as being one that provides support so this is especially good if you've perhaps got multiple twitter accounts for your brand so t-mobile is an example that i've put some screenshots on the companion page of but you might have your kind of main brand account where you broadcast messages and then a support account where you answer customer service so you can mark it as such so that when people search the accounts they can see it provides support and then when you go in to that account it can say the times that support is provided and has a button right at the top to straight away get in touch so i think twitter will be increasingly seen as a support channel i read a thing recently that said people who tweet a question looking for support on Twitter expect an answer within an hour so definitely customer service teams and the way brands are structured are going to have to think about how they can respond in that way and there have been rumors again this week that a buyout of Twitter is imminent Google and Salesforce are two of the companies that have been mentioned obviously this has been kind of said for ages and these conversations have been going around but Twitter shares did go up 15% when the talk was happening so perhaps there is something in the pipeline speaking of google a couple of things on them one i've put a link on the companion page to a transparency report that google have made available where you can go and look at the number of takedown requests they get for websites infringing on copyright so there's been 1.75 billion so far a lot from entertainment companies but you can go in and type in brands and see who's been requesting things it's quite interesting if you are a data geek like me Google's also updating its photos service with the ability to collate your memories into movies. So it did it with kind of recent pictures, but now it's looking further. So it might look, for example, at all the pictures of your kids and create a movie called They Grow Up So Fast. It's also talking about concepts like Summer of Smiles, which will make a montage of your happiest moments captured through the summer and special day which will bring together recent pictures from things like weddings and birthday parties so quite a good way to collect your photos together without you having to do too much 
You can also share pictures with others within the app so you can see a list of contacts who use photos and then you can easily share pictures and albums with them. Just in terms of photo recognition, Google's show and tell AI has now got up to 93.9% accuracy. So it basically is trained by people loading photos in with captions to explain what's in the photo and then it learns from that and can automatically caption other photos. They're open sourcing it now so that other people can use it. You do have to train it yourself at the moment, but obviously the more people that are working within that, the cleverer it's going to get, um, which means that it's going to know much more in future what is in pictures. And I think that's particularly interesting for things like social listening, because obviously if brands want to know what's being said about them or perhaps how their products are being used at the moment, if someone's just put a photo up with no hashtags and no writing around it, it's hard to know what was in the picture and what that means about someone's sentiment for your brand. AOL have done a content moment study which has been carried out with 32,000 respondents across eight different markets including the UK, USA and Germany. I've put a link to the full study on the companion page but they've basically identified eight content moments that drive people to engage with different types of um, content, topics, etc. So inspire, which is where people are looking for fresh ideas or to try something new. Be in the know, where they want to stay updated. Find, so they're looking for answers or advice. Comfort, they want support or insight. Connect, to be part of a community. Feel good, to improve their mood. Entertain, so looking for escape or a mental break. And then update socially, so stay updated or take a mental break. So in terms of the UK market, the four most popular moments are inspire, feel good, entertain and update socially. In terms of how long UK users will spend in a content moment, it's about 11 minutes on average. There was an element that was talking about their engagement with content increases as does the screen size so mobile it's around 10 minutes laptop 12 and desktop 17 i just wonder if that's more about the type of content as well rather than the screen encouraging it because i think people are more likely to watch longer films on a bigger screen anyway so uk consumers spend longer with more emotional moments such as entertain 16 minutes and connect 13 minutes and UK millennials, there we go with that annoying word, describing 16 to 34 year olds are more likely to use their smartphones to engage, whereas 45 to 64 year olds predominantly use tablets and PCs. And also time of day really impacts on how long people will spend with the moment. So 8pm till 11pm, they'll spend 14 minutes versus 9 minutes between 9am and 12pm. So the full study is on the companion page if you want to have a look at that. YouTube, a few weeks ago I talked about some changes coming to YouTube to make it more of a social network. So now they've been officially announced and certain channels have now got a community tab 
where the YouTubers can send messages to their audience without having to post a video. So it means they don't have to go to Facebook and Twitter to engage and interact with their audience. They can actually do it within YouTube. I've posted a video done by the Vlog Brothers where the guy is talking about a new project that they're working on called 100 Healthy Days and saying how this new development is going to mean that they can interact more with their followers. A couple of things for Amazon. One, they have joined the chatbot acquisition with the hire of Angel.ai's co-founder and CEO, and they've also acquired the technology and data. So Angel.ai was originally launched as Go Butler, which was a virtual assistant that let people request anything on demand, but now it's more natural language processing technology, which has been licensed to third parties. And Amazon will be looking at how they can integrate that tech into the commerce platform to get to that conversational commerce that you can do with it. Also, Amazon has confirmed that the Echo Speaker, which I've mentioned in previous podcasts, is going to be launching in the UK, Germany and Austria on the 28th of September. So it's a virtual assistant. It can answer questions, control other internet connected devices, um, links to third party services such as Spotify, Uber and BBC News. It's going to cost around 150 quid, 180 euros. I think there are some discounts for Amazon Prime subscribers if they pre-order. So I think I've said before that they don't disclose any sales figures, but analysts have estimated between 1.6 million and 5 million of the speakers were sold between November 2014 and June 2016. They've been perfecting its understanding of local accents is why they're only just launching outside of the US. So it obviously competes with things like Siri on smartphone and then TV and PC based virtual assistants like Cortana and Google Now. There's two types of speakers that you can get. So there's the original Echo, which is the cylindrical thing and it's got seven microphones and it automatically starts listening when the user mentions Alexa or you can have a different wake word if you'd rather. I guess if you live with someone called Alexa, you maybe want to call it something else. And then there's the dot, which looks more like a hockey puck and it's similarly voice activated, but it's smaller and it's more designed to link to um, other equipment or to extend Alexa into additional rooms. So the main smart home device that exists at the moment is the thermostat and Echo can be used to control Nest Hive, Echo Bee and all the other leading brands. It can also be used to play music, stream news, read audio books, tell you about the weather. I've put a link on the companion page to a BBC article where they've tested it out so you can see it in action. There are a few concerns around privacy because obviously when you're asking it things it's recording what you have asked and um, there's not necessarily clarity around what would happen with those transcripts if they were ever to be requested by law enforcement, intelligence agencies, etc. So there is an opportunity to go in and delete transcripts from it though, but check out the BBC page and see what you think of that. 
Right, on to brands, massively running out of time. So Uber now works with Siri, so you can call a cab by speaking to Siri. And another thing I read about this week was a new security feature that Uber's gonna be using where before a driver starts their shift, they're gonna have to take a selfie, which is then gonna use Microsoft Cognitive Services to match the selfie against the thing they have on file to make sure that nobody's using someone else's driver's account and to give customers more reassurance that they can be confident they're with the driver that uber know of rimmel there was an interview with rimmel about their use of snapchat so they're focusing on the fomo fear of missing out element of people's psyche in terms of giving snapchat only content so they did a thing with cara delavine where she answered questions submitted by fans on twitter and the hashtag RimmelXCara got 6 million tweets, so it's the most popular hashtag to date. And the Snapchat story, which I've put a link to on the companion page, was viewed over 500,000 times. They also did a tour of Kate Moss's wardrobe in July, which generated 600,000 views. So they also want to create more content ongoing, not just these FOMO elements, but they're looking at how they can perhaps work with influencers more than creating the content themselves. So Yasmin Chanel, a fashion blogger, created Rimmel's Snapchat story for the Kate Moss lipstick launch, for example. They're also obviously trying to get more data. So they're working with Snapchat to get more insight around sales of its products. And they're working with their retailers like Boots and Superdrug so that they can see if any of their Snapchat campaigns have led to a direct sales uplift. Couple of things in terms of other brands. Desigual did a great thing at Fashion Week where they actually recreated the Snapchat filters in real life. So things like the butterfly crown and the flower crown. There's a picture on the companion page, but quite cool to be bringing digital into reality. Big respect to Skittles for the way they handled the situation last week when Donald Trump Jr. tweeted a picture of a bowl of Skittles and was talking about if they were poisoned, you wouldn't take them. And this was similar to the refugee problem. The actual tweet is on the companion page and Twitter's uh, and Skittles response to that is also on the companion page. But they basically came back saying... Skittles are candy, refugees are people, we will not be commenting further on this because we don't want people to misconstrue it as marketing. So big respect to them on their response. And finally, I've seen a couple of things this week from brands where they've got involved in more emotional content and I'm not entirely sure what I think about it. So the first one is Johnny Walker who have done a video about the Greek island who helped get refugees out of the sea and it's interviews with all of the different people that have helped them and saying, why wouldn't you help them? They're human. Great video, but used as a promoted tweet for Johnny Walker, the whiskey brand. I'm not sure how they can kind of claim a link to that. I'd be interested to see what it's done for them in terms of brand equity. So again, that's embedded on the companion page. Have a look. And then secondly, Nationwide have started to do these videos about um, kids, when your kid's born. So Holly does this spoken word poem about 
having her child and the first time she looked at them and that kind of thing great video again but it's interesting when you look at the responses in the comments in terms of people saying what has this got to do with the bank now they end with a frame saying that they have children's savings accounts and they've been working with people for hundreds of years or whatever but it is interesting that these kind of utility brands are having to get more into storytelling if they want to get their messages across but those stories sometimes can feel like they jar for people because people are expecting a bank to just talk about banking but actually what a bank account facilitates is life and stories so in that respect perhaps they can legitimately talk about it I wrote a blog about that recently, which again, I've put a link on the companion page to, but it's quite an interesting trend in terms of the way that people are having to move with the stories and content that they're creating in the social space. Hopefully that will have brought you up to date on the last couple of weeks. Let me know if you found it useful. Let me know if you want a fortnightly or a weekly podcast going forward. You can tweet me at LTD or you can email kate at katehamer.com. Have a fab week. Thank you.